Welcome to New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, where we envision to build a biblical community of loving believers, which have a personal relationship with God and each other, modeling the pattern of lifestyle of Jesus Christ. Join us now as we prepare our hearts and minds to hear and receive the Word of God from the man of God, Senior Pastor Rev. Nathaniel Wood. On last Sunday, I shared with you the message titled, Moving into the Promised Land. I shared with you that as we make preparations as a church family to move into the new promised land, that God has for us, that I thought that it would be beneficial for us to look at over the next couple of weeks the children of Israel as they entered into the promised land as recorded in the Old Testament book of Joshua. I told you that I believe that we can learn some valuable lessons from the children of Israel that will help us to navigate and conquer the new promised land that God has for us. I shared with you on last Sunday a brief snapshot of the events that preceded our selective scriptural text for last Sunday. Moses is dead, and now Joshua is commissioned by God to take the children of Israel into the promised land. God gives Joshua five promises. I'm giving you the land of promise, Everywhere that you step will be yours. Your enemies will be helpless against you. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you. Five promises God gives to Joshua concerning his and the future of the children of Israel. But I told you that God did not tell Joshua that entering the promised land would be easy. God did not tell Joshua that he and the children of Israel upon entering the promised land would have to immediately face four obstacles. What were those four obstacles? The Jordan River and the cities of Gilgal, Jericho, and Ai. And I shared with you that as we enter into the new promised land that God has for us, that we too will have some obstacles to face. We will have our Jordan River, our Gilgals, our Jerichos, and our own AIs. We learned on last Sunday that standing in between 
the children of Israel's entrance into the promised land was the Jordan River. The Bible told us that the Jordan at this time was swollen out of her banks. This was the first obstacle that Joshua faced now as the leader of the children of Israel. But I told you that Joshua remembered how Moses obeyed God's word at the Red Sea and how God opened the sea before them that they could walk through the sea on dry ground. And Joshua was convinced that if God could open a sea for his people, he could certainly open a river for them. God wanted to teach Joshua the children of Israel and us, the lesson that as we move into the promised land, don't get distracted nor deterred by the obstacles that are before us, but trust God to make a way out of no way. And I told you on last Sunday, as we enter the new promised land that God is moving us into, we cannot allow ourselves to become distracted or deterred by the Jordan rivers that are ahead of us. But we must trust God to take us through every Jordan that we face. I told us that there will be some challenges we will have to face that may appear like they are impeding our progress. But if we stop and pause long enough to remember what God has done for us in the past, if we remember the obstacles that we've already overcome, and if we remember how God has made a way out of no way in the past, we will be able to not get distracted or deterred when new obstacles show up on our way into our new promised land. Well, the, the children of Israel... And Joshua obeyed God's instructions. And God opened up the Jordan River. And Joshua and the people passed through on dry ground. And after they came through the Jordan River, Joshua and the children of Israel came into the first city of the promised land called Gilgal. Y'all remember Gilgal? And the Bible told us, now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan 
before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted with fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. From this scriptural verse, we lifted the second lesson that we learned from the Israelites as they moved into the promised land. And the lesson was this. Don't be discouraged by opposition as you move into your promised land. And I told you on last Sunday that if you are really committed to God and his kingdom purposes for your life, that you will have, not might, you will have some people who will oppose you. There will be some people who will not like you because of the favor and blessing of God upon your life. I told you, you will have some enemies. And that opposition is the price you and I must pay for receiving God's favor. If you want God's favor, prepare for some opposition. We also learned that residing in the promised land that God was taking the Israelites into was some people who were going to oppose them. Even though God had already promised them that he would make their enemies harmless before them, they would still have to face and confront the enemies in the land. And I raised the question, why does God leave opposition in our promised lands? And I told you that he leaves opposition in order that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that we might always fear the Lord our God. Yes, sometimes God will leave opposition in place in order to show the opposition that they can't stop him from blessing and favoring his people. <laughs> he lets them see that no weapon formed against his people, will be able to prosper. And as I close the sermon, I told you that the children of Israel on their move into the promised land had to face the obstacle of the Jordan River. Then upon entering the promised land, they had to deal with the opposition who resided in the land of promise. But then the Bible told us that God tells Joshua to do something that would cause some pain for the people of Israel, especially the men. God tells Joshua to make flint knives 
and circumcised the Israelites again. God tells Joshua the reason why he must circumcise all of the men. He says, all those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. So God tells Joshua that he must circumcise all of the men in order to reestablish his covenant with them. And I told you that circumcision was the sign of the covenant made with God, Israel's forefathers with God. So God, in essence, tells Joshua that the people will need to suffer some pain as they moved into the promised land. And I shared with you on last Sunday that everything that God commands us to do won't feel good to us. Sometimes God will require obedience in things that are painful and hurtful. And I told you that we too will have to suffer some pain as we move into the new promised land that God has for us, there will be some who will feel that they have had so much pain over the last 12 months of their lives that they don't feel like returning to church and they don't feel like worshiping God. But then I tried to encourage you to maintain your faith in God. For God knows all of the pain that we are suffering. And that he is a very present help in our time of trouble. That he is with us and will not leave us nor forsake us. And when we are going through the pains of moving into our new promised land. I, I told you, I dared you to open your mouth and praise the Lord through your pain. Because when praises go up, blessings come down. So this morning, <laughs> as we continue our journey with the children of Israel as they move into the promised land. Let us see what lessons we can learn from them as they move toward the city of Jericho. My brothers and sisters, if you're a good Bible reader, you know that Jericho was a fortified city. There was 
a wall around the entire city of Jericho. It has been estimated that the walls surrounding the city of Jericho was approximately 15 feet high. The city of Jericho was a military stronghold. Verse 1 of chapter 6 of the book of Joshua tells us that the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. The king of Jericho and its inhabitants heard how God had opened up the Red Sea for the children of Israel to cross and how God gave them victory over Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan. And because they feared the approaching Israelite army, the king of Jericho barred the gates of the city where no one could get in or get out. Aren't you glad that we serve a God who can't be barred in or barred out of a place? Aren't you glad that the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? The king of Jericho thought that by barring the city gates that he could keep God's people from getting into the city. And let me say right here to somebody watching and listening today that if God has something for you, no one, <laughs> I said no one, can stop you from getting what God has for you makes no difference how high the walls are erected to keep you out. God has a way of getting us in. Glory to God. Well, the Bible says that the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Listen to me good. Joshua and the army of Israel at the time that God spoke this prophetic word 
to Joshua had not shot an arrow nor drew a sword or employed a batting ram to the city gate. But God had confirmed that victory was already guaranteed. Joshua had to trust and have faith in God's word that God's word would certainly come to pass. And New Providence Baptist Church and friends, as we move into the new territory that God has for us, we too must have faith and trust in God's word to do what God's word says it's going to do. And we know God's word can accomplish the impossible. We must believe that God will deliver our enemies into our hands. We must believe that victory is awaiting us as we move into the promised land. Then the Lord said to Joshua, March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army Give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. <laughs> now, my brothers and sisters, marching around the wall of the city of Jericho to most military leaders would not be a good military strategy. <laughs> you know, you want to catch your enemies off guard. But God tells Joshua and the army of Israel to march around the city walls of Jericho. And remember that the wall of Jericho stood some 15 feet high. So by marching around the wall openly, the army of Israel 
was exposing themselves to possible attack from the army of Jericho. Listen, the army of Jericho could have climbed the top of the wall and have rained down upon the army of Israel arrows and spears. They could have pelted them with large stones. But God, Lord have mercy, tells Joshua to march around the city. In other words, God tells Joshua to let the enemy know that you are not afraid of them. <laughs> and as I'm standing here talking to you today, somebody needs to let the enemy know that you are not scared. <laughs> New Providence Baptist Church and friends, as we move into the new territory that God has for us, we must let the enemy know that we are not scared. Yes, we know that COVID-19 is still running rampant in the land. But we will not be afraid to move forward into the new promised land that God has for us. We must believe that the Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom or what shall we fear? The Lord is the strength of our life. Of whom or what shall we be afraid? Well, let me move on. The next lesson that we learn from Joshua and the children of Israel as they move into the promised land and marched around the wall of Jericho is this. Total obedience to God is necessary for victory. Let me say that again. Total obedience to God is necessary for victory. God tells Joshua that for six days, they are commanded to march around the city of Jericho once. But on the seventh day, they should march around the city seven times. And let me suggest to you, as long as they obeyed God's directions, as long as they obeyed God's instructions, they were assured 
victory. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? They had to totally obey God's instructions and God's directions. By total obedience, they were assured victory. Now, now, if some of us <laughs> were there and were told that we had to, for six days, <laughs> march around Jericho, we would have said, no way, Jose. We would have questioned Joshua and asked him why. Instead of being totally obedient, we would have opted for partial obedience. We might have started walking, but we weren't going to walk no six days. But listen to me good. Partial obedience is disobedience. Oh, did you hear what I said? I said that partial obedience is disobedience. And guess what? Disobedience ushers into our lives defeat. Only total obedience to God assures us victory in life. Well, the next lesson that we learn from Joshua and the children of Israel as they move into the promised land and march around the wall of Jericho is this. Sometimes we need to learn the importance of practicing the discipline of silence. Oh, let me say that again. Sometimes we need to learn the practice of the discipline of silence. What are you talking about, Pastor? The Bible tells us that God tells Joshua to have the army march around the city of Jericho in silence. Joshua in verse 10 says, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. And my brothers and sisters, you know what I have discovered in my 60 years of living? I have discovered that if I would have practiced the discipline of silence more in my life, I would have had less conflict and less turmoil and less trouble 
in my life. Come on now, come on now. Be honest, be honest. Some of us, as we move into the new territory that God has for us, need to learn how to keep our mouths shut. Oh, Lord. Listen to me good. Everybody should not get a response from us. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I said everybody should not get a response from us. Sometimes when people talk about us and say negative things about us, we ought not respond. Listen, if you are a maturing Christian, maturing Christians know that they don't need to respond to everything that is said about them. They have learned the importance of the practice of the discipline of silence. And you know what I've discovered? Sometimes when we keep quiet, we cause our enemies to have to be quiet. <laughs> Why, Pastor Wood? Well, if you don't open up your mouth to them, they're going to get tired of talking to themselves. Lord, have mercy. Uh, what are you saying, Pastor Wood? I'm saying for some of us, if we would just learn how to practice the discipline of silence, that we will stop exposing to the enemy out of our own mouths what our thoughts are. Lord, have mercy. Well, let me get ready to close this sermon. The last lesson that we learn from Joshua and the children of Israel as they move into the promised land and march around the wall of Jericho is this. Don't forget to shout. Did you hear what I said? That last lesson. Don't forget to shout. Well, if you're a good Bible reader, you know that God tells Joshua and the children of Israel to march around the city of Jericho one time for six days. But then on the seventh day, <laughs> the Bible says that God tells Joshua and the children of Israel to march around the city of Jericho 
seven times. Now let me remind you, for six days, they've marched in silence. The only thing that was taking place was the blaring of the ram's horns played by the priests. Now it is the seventh day. They walk around the city of Jericho seven times, not saying a word. But then the Bible says that on the seventh time, after they persevered, and let me just pause and say sometimes we have to learn how to persevere. Sometimes we have to get that spirit of I won't quit. I know I'm tired. I know I may be weary of the things that I'm going through, but I won't quit. I'm going to persevere to see what the end is going to be. Well, the Bible says that after they circled on the seventh time, that Joshua says, shout, 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 for the Lord has given you the city. Shout, because victory is ours. Shout. Because God, his presence is with you. Shout because the Lord will fight for you. And as I end this sermon today, I want to encourage you, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life, I dare you to open your mouth and give a shout of praise to the Lord. Shout about his goodness. Shout about his mercy. Shout about his forgiveness. Shout about his provision. Shout because of his protection. Shout because of his salvation. Shout, Lord have mercy. Don't be ashamed to open your mouth and give a shout of praise unto the Lord, our God and our King. land we need to make sure that we open our mouths every time we get a chance to ring out to shout out to speak of the goodness of the Lord that we have experienced in the land of the living moving into the promised land.
the city of Jericho. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's Word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.newprovidencebaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.